By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? What's going on? You're tuning into 2010 Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. This is a podcast that focuses on mental health through humor, insight, and personal stories. What is going on? You're listening to episode 111 or 111 or 111. Whatever you want to say, it's correct because you're rocking with me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Always loving people check out the podcast. This week, we have on Eric DeRosa from Survivor to Thriver podcast. Really good dude, good guy, local guy, originally from Massachusetts, lives in Colorado now. We talk mental health, his mental health, what he's been through, how he gets through it, his podcast, all that good stuff. Really good interview. It's about an hour long, so you got plenty of time to take in some 20, 10 minutes time. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how he lives in Colorado. Colorado's pretty cool, probably, with like the fresh air and the legalization of marijuana but the snow, I couldn't do it. Shout out to my girl Pixie from Next on Stage One podcast. She lives out there too. I don't think I could visit, but I couldn't. I couldn't live out there. I don't think the most square shaped state that we have, right? It's the most squarish, Colorado. Shout out to my Colorado peeps. Um, yeah, so thank you for checking in with me. I always talk about this on other people's podcast is uh, going through the process of therapy, and I like to not sugarcoat it by saying that it's not easy. I did my own research for therapy before I had my little breakdown in 2019 and it was so tough because I knew I needed it and like the first lady I went to she was more like a pediatric type therapist she had that toy where like you move it around like the the pathway or whatever it's called it's like at any doctor's office for the kids it's that one toy that you never see at anyone's house why is that that toy I don't know what's it called Someone send me a message and tell me what that thing's called because I have no idea. And then the next lady, she lived on a farm and it was like the worst because her house was like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Like the doors were creaking. There was like doll heads hanging. Books were opening on their own. It was scary. And I couldn't really interact with the farm animals. So like, what was the point? And it smelled like cat pee in there. It wasn't good. I, I think I did two sessions with her and I'm like, yep, I'm out. That was like roughly like around uh, like 2018. And then I think I just got like, again, everything's a blur for me from like 2012 to like 2019 was like a blur. I don't know why I don't know my timeline and it really fucks with me because like I'm telling my story and I feel like I'm, I'm not, I'm like an imposter syndrome because I can't get my story straight, but it's it, all of it is real. I just don't know the order of when it happened because that's how fucked up I was. Um, and it's sad because I would love to write a book, even though I don't know how to read. My book would be like a Quentin Tarantino movie where it would just be all over the place. But I remember going to uh, those therapists. And I just didn't, I didn't like them. So I pretty much almost gave up. And then I almost gave up in life. Am I right? And when I went to the doctors, I told the nurse practitioner what was going on. And pretty much like I was going to like peace out. And she was on the phone for like an hour with me trying to find a place for me to go. And everything had a six-month wait. It's like, what? You got to wait six months to get help? And I'm over here like being like, I want to hang myself? Like, how is that okay? And it's it's the system is broken, but not no fault to its own. It's like 
not many people go into school for, to become a therapist. There aren't many therapists out there. And if they are, that not all of them are going to link up with you. You just can't take whatever therapist you find. That's not, that's not what you want to do. If that's what you, if that's what you want to do, obviously go for it. But me, on the other hand, I want to be able to connect with somebody. And uh, that road isn't, isn't easy. You definitely need a support system. You definitely need to be as strong as you can. And um, yeah, man, I think my, my biggest tip is realize how well you're doing just by getting help. That's a big one is just making sure you know that you're doing the right thing. Talk to other people. Let them know what's going on with you. Maybe they can help. Maybe they have some suggestions or just they lend an ear. And then when you find a therapist, make sure they're good for you. Give them a chance though. Give them like a three session chance uh, and see how that works. My question I like to ask is there's no way you don't talk about your sessions with your other people. I know there's like HIPAA laws and like confidentiality, but I don't care. Like you have a great story. You don't have to give away the details of the name or like who they are, but you can talk about it like, oh, this kid, Tim, blah, blah, blah. If they say no, I don't believe them. You just, it's like natural nature. You just have to tell somebody a certain story. So if they say yes to that, which one of my therapists did, I go, she didn't say yeah. She kind of just nodded her head. So it was like an unofficial, like it was an unofficial answer, but it was an official answer in my head. So that's my other tip that you should do. Just ask them straight up. Be like, are you talking about me? You talking about me behind my back? Is that what you're doing? I kind of like that because maybe they'll get that. Maybe they'll pick their brain and have a different answer. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of mental health, great segue. Mental health, am I right? Should you tell your boss about your mental illness? Um, I have. I've done it. I had a pretty much a nervous breakdown uh, one day. Um, don't really know what the cause of it was. As I think it culminated from a bunch of different things. And yeah, I just kind of went off the rails and I needed to be away from work, but to be away from work, I could have went to like HR and told them what was going on and got like extended leave or whatever. But it's like, it was the height of COVID. I didn't want people thinking I had COVID and I just wanted to get it out there for me. It's just easier to to be honest and open so they know what's going on. So if I ever have uh, like an issue again, which hopefully I don't, or if I do, I know how to handle it is they're aware of it. But there's the other side of maybe like I, I really fucked myself on like a further promotion or or any extra like job I could get through that job. So even if like, I know they do this too. They're like, oh, we can't judge based on race, sex, gender, or like mental illness or whatever. But how do they know that in a job interview? If someone came in and they were black and they were racist and they didn't hire him because they were, he was black, how would he know that? How would they know that? I, d I don't understand that. So how would I know going in that they didn't hire me because of my mental illness? You know what I'm trying to say? Unless they were blatant about it, then yeah. But I just don't, I don't know how that, how that works. Women were significantly less likely to disclose their mental health conditions than men. Those diagnosed with mood disorders, like me, were found significantly less likely to disclose their condition when compared to those with schizophrenia. Um... Yeah. So I think the dudes consult with your therapist if you want to do this. Um, they know better than we do. They went to school for it. And then uh, consult with your HR department too. You can talk to them. That's what they're there for, human resources. If you have a complaint about a coworker, you go to human resources. If you get sexually harassed, human resources. Stuff like that. I, I went through them like after the fact. And they were like, well, you already took the time off. And 
So I took like two weeks off from work, sick. And uh, I got a note. Always get a note, people. Even if you're calling out of work, sick, go find a note somewhere. Just just get them off your back if you're going to have that. But if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to throw it out there. Take a mental health day this week. Take it off. If you haven't taken a day off in a while, take it off. If you can't take it off, call in sick. It's fine. Tell them Tim told you. Like Tim told me to take a sick day for my own mental health. And there it is. Go out. This is, okay. This is your sign right now. Go out. Take a mental health day this week. Call out of work. Tell them Tim told you so. Use a sick day. Use a personal day. Whatever you have to use. Take a take a mental health day for yourself and go do something for yourself. Treat yourself. Okay? Tell them Tim sent you. They'll know, they'll know who it is. They'll be like, who the fuck is Tim? I only know one Tim. I'm trying out for that show, Big Brother. I'm, I'm putting my application in. I don't really watch the show that much. I watch one season. I was talking about this earlier because I was on a game show in 2018, Match Game, if anyone didn't know. Won $25,000, no biggie. Don't know where that money went, but I did spend it somehow. I want to go on Big Brother because one, every Massachusetts person they have on is kind of weak. Uh, with their accent and where they're from. I feel like my accent kind of trickles out from time to time. And two, they've never had a Tim on an episode. So if I disappear at one point during the summer and there's no episodes, tune into Big Brother and maybe you'll see me on TV. I think I'd be perfect for it. I'm a homebody now. I wouldn't do shit. I only thing that would kill me is like people started getting illuminated that knew how to cook food. I'd be like, fuck, what do I do? So I'd be crushing bagel bites every week or eating the slop or whatever they have to do. Um... Yeah, so fuck. Hopefully that works out. I brought it up last week. Uh, girls with mental health. We got to talk about everybody when it comes to mental health, not just men, but we got to talk about women as well. And we have to talk about the LGBTQI. And yes, I had to look that up because I don't know what the order is half the time, and I don't want to screw it up. That's not me. That's not me being dumb. That's just me being dumb. So yeah, I read this. Again, I'm reading it again to you, and uh, hopefully you pay attention. Sexual attacks and other traumatic experiences have led to an unprecedented level of hopelessness and suicidal thoughts among America's young women, uh, the Centers of Disease Central and Prevention reported, which is the CDC. You know I love my acronyms. Results from the CDC's 2021 Youth Risk Behavior Survey showed startling trends. Nearly three in five teen girls, 57%, said they felt persistently sad or hopeless. That the highest rate in a, that was the highest rate in a decade, and 30% said they have seriously considered dying by suicide, a percentage that has risen by nearly 60% over the past 10 years. I will say that again. 30% said they have a seriously considered dying by suicide, a, per, a percentage that has risen nearly 60% in the past 10 years. What the fuck is going on? That's not good. Overall, more than 40% of boys and girls said that they'd felt so sad and hopeless within the past year that they were er- that were unable to do their regular activities such as schoolwork or sports for at least two weeks. When researchers showed they looked at gender differences, girls were more likely to report such feelings than boys, which is always the case, I feel like, because men aren't really that open with their feelings like your boy. And I understand it because you got to have that whole man up and like, I'm a guy and I'm not weak, so I can see that girls are more vulnerable and they're very open with their emotions. So I can see that. That that uh that one makes sense. 
At least 52% of teenagers who identified as gay, lesbian, bisexual, or questioning said they struggled with mental health. The survey did not ask whether a person was transgender or not. The CDC survey found that more than one in five such youth, 22%, had attempted suicide within the past year. Stigma and violence toward LGBTQ teenagers largely largely contributed to their poor mental health. I'm such a weird advocate. Like, I'm a mental health advocate. I like looking up these stats, looking up. I I like looking them up for knowledge and passing them on. But I don't know how to fucking read. And the mental, I should just be the mental health advocate who can't read. That's who I should be. Sexual, <laughs> you motherfucker. Sexual violence, too, has risen among girls, with one in five saying they'd experience it within the past year. The CDC said that 14% have been forced into having sex. 14% said they had been forced into having sex. That is just awful, man. I could see why that women are more... Um, hit with like mental health issues than men one stuff like this and two men don't open up as much as women uh so things that you can look out for ask teenagers whom they would call if they were feeling overwhelmed um, identify trusted adults and have their phone numbers ready figure out distractions that could help a young person get through a tough time until he or she is able to get help you got to look out for your fellow fellow person in the world um yeah, that is just, those are alarming stats. Uh, the one that went up 60% um, is not good. Dying by suicide, a percent, uh, percentage has risen nearly 60% over the t- past 10 years. That's the third time I've said that, and it still blows my mind every time. Um, yeah, so now it comes to the LGBTQ plus people, my people. What up, my people? If you don't know what it stands for, it's the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex. Uh, It's a community that represents a diverse range of identities and expressions of gender and sexual orientation. In addition to these identities, members of the community are diverse in terms of race, religion, ethnicity, nationality, and social economic class. Social economic class. That is Tim's word of the day, and he said it right, kind of. Not really. LGB adults are more than twice as likely as heterosexual adults to experience a mental health condition. Transgender individuals are nearly four times as likely as cisgender individuals. That's people whose gender identity corresponds with their birth sex. I didn't know what that was for the longest time when people would call you a cis, C-I-S, and now I know. Uh, But yeah, they're four times likely as cis individuals uh, to experience a mental health condition. LGB youth also experience greater risk for mental health conditions such as suicidality. LGB youth are more than twice as likely to report experience persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness from their heterosexual peers. Transgender youth face further disparities as they are twice as likely to experience oppressive symptoms, seriously consider suicide, and attempt suicide compared to their cisgender, lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, and questioning youth. There's many risk factors to this, so I'm going to go over them. Number one is coming out. That one's obvious. To come out and be who you finally want to be it's got to be so hard but so relieving at the same time because you get nervous about what your friends, your family are going to say. Are they going to disown you? I, like, I, I will never feel that, but I I, I feel like that's got to be one of the worst feelings in the world. And getting it out, like it's like getting anything off your chest or like some deep, dark secret or something you want to say. It just feels so good and there's different levels. I can only imagine the level of that. 
And shout out to all my people out there that came out. And shout out to the people that are still struggling um, deep down. It's okay. Tim will love you. Come out. Talk to me. I'll give you a big hug. I'll help you out. And obviously, number two, rejection. According to a 2013 survey, 40% of LGBT adults have experienced rejection from a family member or a close friend. That fuck, that's stupid. A 2019 school climate survey showed that 86% of LGBTQ youth reported being harassed or assaulted at school, which can significantly impact their mental health, obviously. And in 2022... Uh, the Trevor Project, which is a great project for mental health with people in the uh, community, found that just 37% of LGBTQ youth identified their home uh, as an affirming affirming space. Affirming, can't speak. And then trauma, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, bullying and failing identity-based shame and off, is often traumatic for people. The community faces many forms of discrimination, including labeling, stereotyping, denial of opportunities or access, and verbal, mental, and physical abuse. They are one of the most targeted communities by perpetrators of hate crimes in the country. That's very interesting. Um, which is fucking disgusting. Like, why? I, I, I don't really like when people say, oh, I don't care what gender you are. I, I care about you as a person. I don't like saying, oh, I don't care that you're gay. Like, I do care because you're a great person. I just think that people that fucking care in a negative way that someone else's life wants to be gay or transgender like who gives a flying fuck right know what i'm saying like don't care what like stay in your lane people stay in your fucking lane that's all i'm saying it gets me so pissed off of what what someone else is doing that's so oh it gets me so fired up like it's not you this is my like we all look through a pair of eyes like we're in this own world like world's fucked and we're just like going through it in the motions. And you have the time to give a, like to fucking criticize somebody else. Like who the fuck are you? Oh, it gets me so mad. It gets me so fucking mad. Sorry for yelling. Um, substance abuse is another um, coping mechanism for adults. Uh, nearly twice as likely as heterosexual adults to experience a substance uh, abuse disorder. Transgender individuals are almost four times as likely as cis gender individuals to experience a substance abuse order and then illicit drug use is significantly higher in high school age youth who identify as lgb or are unsure of their identity compared to their heterosexual peers homelessness is one um didn't know that it is estimated that lgbtqi youth and young adults have 120 percent higher risk of experience homelessness often the result of uh, family rejection or discrimination based on gender identity this risk is especially high among Black and Native American, Alaska Native, LGBTQI. Many members of the LGBTQI community face the added challenge of finding homeless shelters that will accept them and experience elevated rates of harassment and abuse in these spaces. And then you have the suicide in the population. They're obviously at a higher risk than heterosexual population, suicidal thoughts and suicide attempts. Uh, high school students who identify as lesbian, gay, or bisexual are more likely than four times as likely to have attempted suicide compared to their heterosexual peers. 40% of transgender adults have attempted suicide in their lifetime compared to less than 5% of the general U.S. population uh, mental health care. And then there's just inadequate, an, inadequate mental health care is another issue um, that goes with that. But again, these things fire me up that rejection harassment, um, bullying, physical assault, you're leading a human being to want to kill themselves. And let's back up a tad because coming out is such a 
the word, what's the word I'm looking for? Prolific feeling for somebody to be like, yo, I get to be myself for once and to be myself and go out and be harassed by somebody that's uh, maybe different than them. Get fucked. That's, that's, I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry. Um, but another thing too, I use, I always ask questions uh, to people that want to ask a question to me for, um, like my, my outro music just started playing while I was talking. That's how you know 20 minutes is up. Uh, what's your opinion on microdosing to help treat depression and other mental illnesses? I've went over this before. Um, I don't think I really gave my personal opinion. I think if it's moderated well within yourself and a, and like a, therapist or a psychologist or whoever prescribes it that you're working with them obviously people abuse drugs uh like say you have xanax you abuse xanax or any adderall you abuse adderall you can abuse microdosing, i would assume so i think uh with the right amount supervision and self-care i think it i think it works i think you should do it if it works for you obviously don't do it unprofessionally Three things I'm grateful for today. I just got my teeth cleaned and whitened today. They're looking pretty snazzy, feeling pretty good. I'm looking pretty good. Feel good, look good. You know what I'm saying? So that's number one. Number two is my truck. I drive a Toyota Tacoma. And every time I bring it to the mechanic, he goes, there's nothing wrong with this. And I'm like, yeah, baby. That's a good mechanic. I love my truck. Timmy Tacoma is my uh, other social media handle for Instagram. Timmy Tacoma. And third, I am thankful for clean sheets. My... Sheets were kind of turning yellow a little bit, not because I pissed the pants, because sometimes your pillow gets a little gross looking. I don't know why, because I probably drool a lot. I drool a lot. And I got wake up and my half my face is wrinkled. The other half is all crusty because of my drool. Is that TMI? I'm TIM. Thank you for listening to another episode of 2010 Minutes. I love you guys so much and have a good one. And we're clear. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.